We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. long last, our Golden State Warriors are back. The best team in sports across all three sports. Uh, I've ne- I don't think I've sports, had... Sports, entertainment, I've- media, technology, <laughs> best in all. Not a single business better than the Golden State Warriors right now. Also haven't seen a team uh, this happy, I think, across any other sports. Although the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs look pretty happy right now. But besides that, I don't think any team in sports right now are happier than the Golden State Warriors. So it's good to have them back. It's actually good to watch. Uh, preseason the Bay, game. The, the Bay the needs. The yes. Bay needs this. The uh, the baseball teams are unwatchable. Um, it's over. The season's over. Finally. Yeah. Well, they yeah. Football. Um, it's a, it's just. <laughs> we're not talking about that. But yeah, you yes. won. You got to win. So the go. uh, we, we need we need the Warriors back to bring the immaculate vibes back. Yes, um, before we get into it, before we get into talking about Japan, uh, meeting with our special guest. Andrew Sharp later in the show. I wanted to throw out, we are officially launching Premium 2.0 on Patreon. Um, so some of you have been following this. Some of you who are premium subscribers are aware, but we basically are moving the premium community to Patreon because it it gives us the opportunity to provide content um, in a way that makes much more sense for us. Um, if you are interested, obviously, you know our socials. You can see them. If you just want to support us, we appreciate it. There's different tiers. Uh, you can join at like three bucks a month or six bucks a month, whatever you you feel. We'll be doing live watch parties together. We'll be doing live Q&A, like Spotify live style pods, but only, only the goons. Um, obviously, the Discord and all that fun stuff. So if you're interested, hit us up. Check it out. Uh, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I, same here. I, we also did a written mailbag, which it felt it's been a while since I've actually written something, Sam, that you, you wasn't work your, related. Get your golden state of mind. Um, <laughs> it's been a life feels two, good. 2013, Lou. It feels good. Right, right. I used to, you know, I wrote this one sober. I think we answered about 10 to 15 questions today. You had something where you gave a pretty controversial response around the best coach in the Bay Area. I think people would enjoy that. So, Relax. you know, it's all it's all great. It's all good takes. It's all it's all stuff that, again, like Sam said, if you want to support us, support us. It's great. If you want extra content from us, we've got that in there, too. So 
Uh, perfect timing as the as the Warriors embark on their uh, their uh, championship uh, uh, defense here in the next uh, six seven months. So let's get to it, man. Um, usually it's hard for me to get excited about preseason anything, <laughs> right? Like it's preseason. We all know the drill. But Warriors go to Japan, and this was fun, man. I, th- I think my first take was. I haven't seen a team with this kind of like vibes entering a season since like the 2015, 16 warriors where they just look so, like you said, so happy, so locked in. Like, yeah, there were a lot of turnovers in the second game. Shocking. It's going to take them a few weeks to, to get the rhythm and all that stuff. And yes, the, you know, guys were missing shots. They probably will usually make, but just like the way they were playing and the energy and the way they were, interacting with each other like it it felt peak warriors to me it did uh it did especially their defense i thought um was was absolutely locked in i thought that was cool the turnovers are kind of normal to me it also felt like um to me they felt like a uh my girlfriend was telling me this and i thought it was funny she she said uh they felt like more of a family than than what we've seen uh in the last five, six plus years, which, you know, is, is a little corny. It's a little cliche, but the, I, I just thought it was interesting because it, it felt like the veterans have been through everything and Andre was on the trip too. So it, it was cool to see them go on this trip. It was also cool to see Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. The last time we saw them go on a trip was what to China was what X amount of years ago. I don't even remember. Four. <laughs> yeah. And it now a, it, yeah. Now five actually. It was the 17, 18 season. So technically yeah, five years, Half a decade, but it's also, it always feels like a team is you've got all these 28 year olds on one team. And, and that was kind of, that kind of was that team. This team feels like you've got all these 30 plus year olds now. And then you've got dudes that are like 21 and you've got Kaminga who's 19. Right. And then you've got Wiseman. You've got all these guys who we're going to talk about here, our impressions of them. But I think it's cool that they got to travel together. Um, and, and of course, I love Japan. So, I mean, I just want to get that out off the bat. I, I just and, and also on top of that, I, do, I don't think the NBA has a better basketball team that they can market. Um, I saw the video of the entire stadium being packed an hour and a half before the game started to watch Steph warm up. And you see all the signs that they get for Clay and all that. I just don't like Sam. Is there a team in the entire league that could replicate what the Warriors did in Japan this last weekend? I don't think it's even close. I don't think there's a team that could have done what they did. So that no, because most because most teams don't have um, the continuity that the Warriors have. Like part of the reason the Warriors matter to people in Japan is because. They've been able to see Steph, Clay, Draymond um, kind of grow this thing for a decade together. Like you get invested in them and they're always there. Sometimes they're really great. Sometimes you have down years. Sometimes 2019-20 happens or 2021 happens. Um, and the cast of characters around them change. You know, it's Harrison Barnes, Kevin Durant, it's Andrew Wiggins. Now it's in Jordan Poole and those type of things. But it really lets people get invested. Like what other team in the NBA could even fly across the globe and just have that kind of fervent support because to have that support, you you have to feel bought in. Yeah. I, I think, what, what do you think happens if they send the Brooklyn Nets over to, uh, to Japan? You think they get the same amount? <laughs> you think people, you think people have Ben Simmons? Uh, is Kyrie, is Kyrie allowed in the country? <laughs> Oh shit. You're right. I didn't even <laughs> thought about that. Um, so anyway, I just want to throw it out there. Cause uh I'm thinking about it and the Warriors, Steph's not going to be here forever. He's going to retire at some point, I think, in the next 10 years. 
I don't know. Um, we were watching Tom Brady right now, and I'm definitely penciling in Steph to go another day. He looks good. They got to yeah. let him throw. He looks good. Um, so uh, good, good for the NBA. Good for the Warriors. Good for the fans in Japan. Um, all right, let's get to the let's get to the players. Let's get to the games. Okay. So um, I feel like the first thing I want to talk about is Kuminga and Wiseman, and maybe we'll do them individually. So let's start with let's start with Big Jim. Um, I thought game one was awesome. Um, the, you, you saw exactly the vision of what he could look like and that the new element he would add to the team offensively, like having a lob threat, a big with that kind of athleticism. I mean, we all know about Steph's gravity and we all know about the way the Warriors move. just having someone who just like, it's two points. Anytime it gets inside to them, it's, you know, it's like, it, at some point you'd think it might make people think about sending multiple bodies at staff and clay and those guys. But like, that's the entire idea. It's like, all right, if you're going to do that, we just have a guy we can throw it up to. Who's just going to finish it inside every time. Um, I loved his activity level. Like the athleticism just stood out. Like you just don't find guys that size who move like that on a regular basis. Um, so I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, game two is why I'm also hesitant to, think he's going to be a major playoff factor for this team this year because game two, six fouls in what, 15 minutes, something like that. Like just fouling all over the place, kind of getting pushed around by Porzingis being soft with some of his finishing inside. And all that's to say is he's young, he's raw. You see some games where you're just like blown away and others where you're like, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a process. It's going to take a while. Like you can't just assume it's like, 10 games and you know you, you get like the 27 year old version of like what you think he's going to be in your head yeah I think you know I think of the barometer as whether he's going to be a factor in the postseason I think he's he's definitely far away from that um definitely further away from some of the other guys we're going to talk about um in in the pod but I did like it, it, it to me it feels like the finishing is a lot better it feels like he's actually gotten more aggressive when he has the ball in the uh in the uh within the five feet of the rim um, he's going up. He's trying to dunk every time. His free throws look better. His shot, he made a three, right? All that stuff is is promising. So I more, think they're a lot more patient with the shot. That's like one thing I like. It's like he, he, no one's blocking you, dude. You're seven yeah. to one. Take your time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that stuff is all still it, it's getting better. Also, the motor, I think, has gotten a lot better. Uh now part of that might be just because I've never seen him play in high school <laughs> or so. So I've I've never never watched a guy play, but always felt like he was tired or or maybe, hey, I'm just, if I don't get the ball, I'm not going to go as hard. Seems like that's kind of out of his game right now. Seems like he's the type of guy that just, he's just going back and forth, back and forth. Again, the comparison Which, for me, year one and two is, is JaVale, right? To me, it's like, can, can he be that role? And, and for me, like, that's, I'm not expecting him to be a postseason factor because that's just a lot uh, for him to expect. Now, so, okay, so those are the positives for me. I think some of the negatives are the same, same as always, right? It's it's a lot of fouls as it is with a lot of these young guys, especially for a big man. Um, the rebounding, he had nine rebounds in the first game, which which I thought was very good, but also it, it seems like he's not a, um, you know, I, 
I don't know if there's a term for this, but it's Draymond's kind of a traffic rebounder. He gets gets everything in the in traffic. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins was a bit of it became a traffic rebounder, which we didn't see coming. Wiggins, in the Wiggins doing that in the in the playoffs in the finals was like it, it what blew my mind. You know, I was basically who knew, like, who knew? If he's gonna do that, I I would never have anything negative to say about him ever again. But yeah. Unbelievable, and he did it off you know pure athleticism and heart, and and obviously James Wiseman has has athleticism. Um, we 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 got to find out what what he you know what he wants to become in terms of rebounding, right? But I still feel like a lot of that is um, the ball just slips out of his hands on rebounds so easily to me, it feels like. So we'll see. I mean, again, it's just it's so early in his career. But with Draymond, you knew immediately he'd be a great rebounder. You just knew that immediately. And I think like someone like Trevion Williams, who I was very impressed by. We're not going to talk about him, so I'm going to give him 10 seconds here. Very uh, impressed by he's you a. Know, you know, I was in on him when I saw him. Um, in summer league for the Celtics against the Warriors, just a disgusting hipster. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I had no idea who he was. I watched him in, in, in you know, the 10 minutes that he's playing in every game, and I was impressed. So he's a guy that you can see he's getting rebounds, good positioning, all that stuff, right, like Kevon Looney. Uh, Wiseman isn't there yet, so maybe that's something that he's going to get a lot better at. But I do think overall, I think, uh, here's what I think overall, because we're going to talk about Kuminga moving forward. I think overall, James Wiseman is going to have a much easier path to success and consistent minutes this season than Kaminga. Uh, and it's going to be because he plays the five and he's going to play the five and only the five. And he's going to he play with the a five lot of good players can, around and him. And he can play at the Warriors tempo. That's like the nice thing about him. I agree with you. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how fast he gets better because is he good enough to play backup five minutes in the regular season. Yeah. Um, is he good enough to play rotation minutes in a playoff series? That's, that's the question that, um, you know, we're going to have seven months to, to figure out. Right. Um, and, and I don't expect him to be there anytime soon, but it's like, well, let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. I guess my thing. Yep. Um, yep. you alluded to this. Let's talk Kuminga. Um, the interesting thing about Kuminga was they played him almost exclusively at the three. They played him with two bigs the whole time. Um, and it seemed very intentional to me because I know Kerr is going to play him at the four a, much more in the regular season, just once regular season rotations come out. Um, it's concerning. I'm concerned. Coming at the th- three is, is not, not a good thing. I was not. Well, it's a, isn't it two ways? Because I was experimental, experimental. I really was impressed with his defense, um, his ability to. I mean, he was guarding, he was guarding Kuzma one on one, breaking through screens. Like, I mean, he's got, he's got so much upside. Oh, he's going to be an elite side. defender. Yeah, he's going to be an elite wing defender. And you and you see Andre like talking to him, and they're basically like, dude, you you should be like Wiggins. You should be like Wiggins in a year or two, where it's just like they put you on whoever yep. and you lock them up. You're too, you have too many tools to not be that guy. But on the other hand, like offensively. It's hard to play him at the three, particularly if he's playing with Wiseman. No. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I, I saw Kaminga at the three, and then they put him at the three next to Jamichael Green, I think, just to get a little bit more shooting with Wiseman. And I'm just like, I was getting a little annoyed. Then I realized that, first of all, uh, it's 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. Why am I annoyed? Second of all, uh, Steve Kerr's experimenting. It's the preseason, right? It's not like this is game 56 of the regular season uh, that he's doing this. So I- I'm with you on the defense. That's where I want to start because, you know, I, I, to me, they lose GP2, and everybody's like, Dante DiVincenzo is going to be the guy that replaces him. And it's like, no, DiVincenzo is a good defender, but he does other an things all, better an than all GP. around good player. But yeah, better shooter, better ball handler, better passer, but he is not 
in the same world in terms of defense. And we all know that. The guy that I do think can become that type of impact defender as well as a a, a rim runner or a dunker is, is Kaminga. I'm just watching him play defense. He's like a missile. He's just he's just uh, getting into guys, girls, or he's just completely locking people because he's so strong you can't move him. And he's not strong in terms of he can't move because he's so big, right? He can move laterally and he's incredibly strong. So like you're, what you're talking about, Kyle Kuzma, who's, you know, kind of a joke, but he's also a very good basketball scorer in the NBA. No chance against Kaminga. No chance. So, yeah, I, I think of him maybe someday becoming like a Wiggins type of defender. I actually think he has more upside um, because he I, I think he's I think he might be quicker. Uh, also, I think he's just more um, he takes more gambles. I, I don't think Wiggins does. So I, I think really that, that's probably why I really want to see him develop that handle because the player um, he reminds me of is Jimmy Butler both with the physicality on the defensive end and kind of like a little like brash, you know, a little bit of a gambler, a little bit of a um, little like we'll do some things to kind of make his coaches annoyed, right? He'll take chances. But on the other hand, like the number one thing I think Kuminga does amazingly well on offense is get to the free throw line. And that's also Jimmy Butler's best thing. So I feel like that's like his long-term hope. But um, I kind of want to throw his offensive performance out out the door and not really like, worry about it because they did him no favors well i mean putting him at the three it's just i don't know what you can take out of that forget putting him at the three it's early but like i it's hard for me to see how kuminga and wiseman play together i don't know in the next like few months you know like it's just a bad fit the two of them um because neither of them are passers well you know maybe you put divincenzo moody and and pool Right. Or maybe take Moody out, put Clay in there. Maybe sure. you get maybe you get shooters around them as well as and, smart and guys players. Move the ball. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, don't I wouldn't put like I certainly wouldn't put a Mac McClung or a Ryan Rollins, right? Just a young ball handler. Like those guys aren't ready to run a second unit. Like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do someone that's just not ready to play back. Like so I I don't know. Maybe you can put vets around those guys, but I, maybe I'm with you though. You can't, you shouldn't play those guys at four or five, but they may not have a choice, but if you play them at four or five, Together. they should only be four or five. Yeah. Yeah. They should only be four or five and they should be with shooters because neither of them can spread the floor. Part of me is wondering if Kuminga can play GP two's role on offense. If you put him next to Draymond, Steph, Clay, Lou, like basically where it's like, they're going to create space by sealing their man and making smart decisions. And the next thing you know, that dude's cutting baseline and just getting lobs, you know? Um, Granted they do that with Wiggins. um, But like, I wonder if um, the move with Kuminga and Wiseman is just stagger their minutes and put them next to um, high IQ passers because like, look, the Warriors are going to move the ball um, and, they love to have the ball go through a big have the ball go through Draymond or Looney and just stagger around them a little bit. Even Jermichael green, he's more than capable of kind of being a hub, you know, like no one's asking him to be LeBron just like, you know, just like, but make like a basic read and do some basic stuff. So like, I do wonder if that is, but like, it's also abundantly clear they're they're just experimenting right now. Yeah. I I think that some of the fear too is, what if you just don't play one of those guys, right? Like, what if right. the minutes, minutes just don't add up and you can't play a, a Kaminga or, or you can't it's play one, a It's one or the other. Right, it's one right. or the – yeah. So, and Anyway. And, yeah. and, and that's a poss- possibility. We'll, we'll see what goes on. Um, yep. I In some ways, I feel like we buried the lead. Um, <laughs> Modi Moose. Oh, boy. And Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I thought it was really interesting 
Moses Moody was the first guy off the bench. And um, yep. Yep. it's just like, we've heard it all summer. We kind of knew it was coming, but it's like, my big takeaway is like Moody's playing consistent minutes and he deserves them because that dude knows how to play hoop and he fits the Warriors system. I think I thought he was more of a shooter and less of an all around player than he is. Like he's Mm. a smart. Yeah. Are you going to run him out of high pick and roll? Like he's um, uh, KD probably not, but like he'll, he makes the extra pass. He had a couple plays where he just found guys in transition, like stuff Andre does, you know, like that type of stuff. And then obviously he can really shoot the ball and he can really defend, man. Um, he just like, you know, the coaching staff, just he, he's oh, everything they want. That's, that's why he's play. the first guy off the bench, right? I mean, this is why I love him. Um, little surprise. I mean, a little um, didn't see it coming, but I guess not really that surprising that he was the first guy off the bench. Um, I, I, it's just a Steve Kerr special, an absolute Steve Kerr special where I bet you Steve is going, he, he's going to talk about how he loves coaching Moses Moody. I bet you him and Looney. I mean, those two guys are his favorite players on the team right now. Just loves those just grinders, um, knows how to play the game, knows how to pass. I mean, all those things that we thought that Moses Moody would be able to do, um, he's doing, and he's gotten better at, I feel like the one thing, cause I feel like we, we, you know, we keep nailing, uh, we keep pounding this about Moody, but I do think the one thing about him that was surprising to me this offseason that we were seeing in the preseason, his shot feels like it's gotten quicker. Um, yeah. Last season, that that thing looked slow. I thought it actually looked quicker in the, the end of last year. Like, mm. it was slow as hell at the beginning. Of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make anything. Right. Um, and I know for a fact, um, you can see him source this, that, <laughs> that was a major point of like emphasis to speed up his shot like try to get him to try to get him to be to shoot faster they want him to shoot more he was taking nine threes ten threes a game in the g league um part of that's just by design they're like you need to be able to you need to be such a good shooter that people close out on you so then you can take advantage of the defense right yeah well, same and, thing and Jordan Poole does, same thing Steph and Clay do. You know, it's like they, Poole, they Poole used to have a pretty slow shot too. But the, but the thing with Poole he, is he could shoot off the dribble. That's the right, thing yeah. about Poole, right? Like, which boat, which I don't think, you know, I'm not convinced. I'm to. not convinced he can't. I'm not wow. convinced he can't. I think there's wow. some, uh, yeah. I don't think he'll be as good as Middleton, but there's some Middleton to him. There's some, there, there's some off the dribble vibe that I think is uh, all of a sudden it's, you know, I keep saying Danny Green, Danny Green, Danny Green, but all of a sudden I have also never seen Danny Green dribble the ball. And you watch him last night. He gets to the rim. (laughs) You don't want to see it, right? So um, I think all good things with Moses Moody. You got Dante DiVincenzo over here, who I thought had a a very good game one. uh, I just just want to make one more Moody point. Yeah, okay. I think some people underrate his upside. Um, Does he have the physical upside that Wiseman can make? Of course not. Those dudes are top 1% athletes. Like you don't find guys like that every day. Um, but I, uh, Moody reminds me of warriors players where people underrate their upside because they're not the fastest or the biggest leaper. I would not be surprised if Moses Moody eventually became an all-star, you know, like I'm not saying it's happening this year or in two to three years, but he just, he reads the game like a 30 year old at age 20. He has a pure jumper. He's a little bigger and longer than you think. You don't think that guy's going to keep developing? You don't think that guy's going to continue? Like, don't, I guess my bigger thing is don't sleep on his overall upside just because he doesn't. If there's one team that should understand this or one fan base that should understand this, 
don't sleep on a dude's upside because he doesn't have a 50 inch fur, you know? Well, Steph, the top three players are the Warriors. Steph Poole. Uh, that's my, Steph that's my, Clay, that's my right. point. Yeah, exactly. he may or he he's gonna be a good player. He may actually end up being more of a corner piece player than some people think. Because I think what he's doing at his age is is underrated. Like you 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 forget that he's just twenty. You know, just I have to. I'm, I'm be you know. I know I know Motomu's your guy, but I have to stand that one out. Uh, um, hey. Hey, hey, by the way, you might be a bigger stand than me for Moses Moody now. My thing with Moody has always been elite role player. Um, but I mean, just let I me mean, talk about the Warriors. And, and we've we've got a, another young guy that we should talk about. Right. I think there's another young guy here. Well, let's 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 get to Dante real quick. That's and right. Let's, let's get to this. Um, what, what were your impressions? Did Dante not just immediately hit check every box for that's why I thought he was the right guy for this team? Just a perfect well, fit. Well, you put him next to Moses Moody in the rundown, and uh, I think that—I mean—that says it all, right? I, he's the exact type of player that you know Steve Kerr is going to love. He—he he knows how to play defense. He knows how to not do anything stupid on offense. Pretty good three-point shooter. Um, yeah. Also, looks healthy, which is probably the most important thing we care about. Is the dude looks healthy? Because I think yeah, he's moving I, really well. You and I watched them in Milwaukee. We know the dude should probably be getting paid, I don't know, what, 10, 15, $18 million a year right now. And the only reason he's not is because, uh, he one, he's hurt, and two, he played for the Kings, right? I guess those are the two things. So um, I, I think with Dante, if he can just get back to the same $18 million player, which it's, it looks like he is. It looks like he's back to the same guy. Um, I, would, I can't wait to see him in pool uh, on the same floor together. It feels to me like a... Like a poor man's version of the Splash Brothers, where you've got two dudes that can handle the ball a little bit, uh, can shoot, and then and then Dante's a very good defender that can help pull out too. So I think um, I think overall, all good things with uh, with Dante Divincenzo. I just this team is all good things. I'm trying to find stuff to say that's not good, Sam. But with Dante, no, I can't find it, any it either. It was a, it was a perfect. Um, it was a it was an awesome Japan trip, and I'm excited for the rest of the preseason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Andy, we got a special guest. Johnny Davis might be one of the worst lottery picks I've seen in a very, very, very long time. The Warriors flew across country to match up with the team that they are most likely going to play in the NBA Finals. And I'm thinking to myself, who do I know who is plugged in with basketball in the Washington, D.C. area? And that's obviously Andrew Sharp. Sharp, how you doing? Look, man, Kristaps Porzingis outscored Steph Curry in game two over there. So I, I don't know whether you guys are shaking in your boots, but you should be. He has you know, a beard. Jim can't get here soon enough. <laughs> he has a beard. Things got weird for him. I think, I don't think he's happy. Anytime someone grows something out like that, it just, oh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm certainly not happy. So maybe <laughs> I should grow out a beard. <laughs> just try to weather this storm, weather this next five years with Bradley Beal, who somehow has a no trade clause. It's going to be a, a great era for my basketball fandom. <laughs> um, I wanted to specifically have, well, it's funny this happened right beforehand, but I always like in your perspective on like team building and some broader things. And so obviously everyone knows the Warriors are paying a bazillion dollars in luxury tax. And Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, uh, eventually Draymond Green, those guys are all uh, up for extensions in a year's time. And we're seeing the trickle of uh, contract extensions and uh, the timing, it's good because Tyler Hero just signed an early extension, four years, technically 120 with 10 million in incentives. So $130 million. And I feel like, that has to be the barometer for Jordan. Like, I can't think of a oh, player yeah. who's more, um, I, I, do, I don't know. Do you think Jordan Poole is better or worse than Tyler Hero? Let's start there. I think Poole is better than Tyler Hero. Um, but at the same time, I, I think they both have just like glaring flaws that would make me freaked out about paying them that much money. But I, it's definitely indicative of what Jordan Poole will command if he ever hits restricted free agency, or if he's talking extension with the Warriors, like Tyler Harrow, I I was going to ask you guys whether this was like the congratulations Jordan Poole podcast, because (laughs) there's no way that the heat are giving Harrow that money and the Warriors aren't paying Poole exactly the same thing well so that's my thing it's like it's got to be like the closest like comp his agent's just going to be like look literally this is, the same this is the market literally just meet this we want more but like don't insult us with less right yeah well how do you guys feel about it because i look at harrow he wasn't that useful to the heat in their last playoff run now granted he had injuries and stuff so maybe it just like wasn't his year 
but it's been mostly not his year throughout his like early stretch of his career. Like he was phenomenal <laughs> in the bubble, but like Ooh. there's a lot of stuff where it leaves something to be desired. He didn't really take a step forward after that bubble season. Yeah. And there's yeah. a pandemic. There's all sorts of mitigating circumstances, but pool also wasn't as valuable down the stretch in the playoffs as I expected him to be. And that's what gave me pause. Like, had we had this conversation in April of last year, I'd have been like, Poole has been phenomenal. Of course you pay him. He's like the the young guy who can help extend Steph's prime. The question I have now is, is he definitely worth it if he's not going to be, if he's like half as valuable by the time you get to the latter stages of the playoffs? So I feel like, so I've, I've kind of just always operated from the perspective he's going to get that much money because I don't necessarily think he's significantly worse than Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, or those guys at the time of their extension, you know, now, whether he like, obviously Donovan Mitchell is a better player. Um, but when Donovan Mitchell signed that extension, he was 23. He was, good with the jump shot was a little inc- it was more inconsistent than Jordan Poole's at this point I mean mm-hmm. my point is it, it I've seen this time and time again like young guards with that skill set hitting well, free agency at that age like someone's gonna bet on them and give them a big contract and you hope you hope they keep progressing into it and they don't end up being like you know like what happened with like Detroit with Reggie Jackson where you're like uh, yeah, that wasn't so good, right? Uh, yeah, that that's the that's <laughs> that's the one where things get scary. I always I'm always a little curious with Jordan Poole. It's like, what if he was actually the number eight pick, and he's on a team right now that's not very good? Let's say the Warriors were I don't know a 36 win team. I wonder how much money the Warriors pay him. I bet they give way. I bet it's not even. I bet it's a no decision. It's just a no brainer. I should say it's just yeah. 140 whatever it is, right? But I think the Warriors are in this situation where they're. You know, they might not be able to pay the guy. The thing I also feel like with Hero is um, he's in a situation where he has to carry the offense. I don't think he's ever going to be good enough to carry right. the offense because that team is miserable defensively outside of Jimmy Butler trying to stiff harm his way, doing like a poor man's version of LeBron every single possession. Like that's <laughs> that's all Miami has on offense, which makes life hard for him. Jordan Poole is like a weird, different scenario where he's playing next to Steph and Clay and Draymond where things good are a little point. bit easier. Um, I always wonder how much money he would get. But now I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, he's are at you, least are you saying if you swap pool and hero hero looks just as good as Jordan pool on the Warriors. That's, that's like literally the point. It sounded like you're making. <laughs> I'm saying that Jordan pool would get what would, would, it would be a no decision. He would get at least 140 million, 130, whatever it is. If he was on a non warriors team and he was, it's because a lot of the times I feel like with Jamal Murray, like those guys were drafted high. And like you said, they looked good in their early in the early days, and so does Jordan Poole right now. What's who and and they have the same flaws. The flaws that Jordan Poole has defensively, Donovan Mitchell has to. We're about to find out with Donovan Mitchell how bad he's going to look in a mm. in a playoff setting with the Cavs, right? Just, and Jamal Murray, we're about to find ruining, out too. Ruining Cleveland before they could get off the ground. I actually <laughs> like that. I actually like the move too, but you you know I I couldn't resist. But you know. oh, I do not trust Donovan Mitchell as far as I could throw him. I'm so high on the rest of the Cavs nucleus I, I that I'm not well. giving up on the Cavs just yeah. yet. Yeah, the the other thing that's tricky about about paying pool is for any other contending team, you just pay him because you don't want to lose him. And 
it, it, even if it's just as a trade asset, like he has huge value to like the next five years of your team. But with Golden State, if they're not willing to spend big money to retain some of these other guys or retain everyone, that is like it, like right. it has indicated, like there's a limit here, then it, it definitely hurts like a lot more to give him that kind of money. So if they can cut like Wiseman's salary or Kaminga or whatever and keep like or the player Draymond or seven, take less. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Draymond's gonna be really interesting too. Like, I don't think he's in a spot where he's gonna be in a hurry to take less, but he also may not have a choice. No, and I think that's I mean, it doesn't take a genius to to figure out like the warrior warriors management is hoping Clay and Draymond are realistic and you know, take a discount or discount sign of the right word, just take less than what they're currently making. And that like creates the wiggle room to keep someone like pool uh, on whatever their salary structure is right now, which is like, let's just be clear. They're still sky high in the tax. So, I, I mean, that's, that's like the team hope, but I guess my question for you on the broader sense is I think you have to keep pool as long as at what you said is true. As long as you think you can trade him, if you need to, as long as, let's just say worst case happens and like ownership's like, I, I don't care. We, we can't have a payroll over a certain number. And so you're like, okay, we got to trade Jordan pool for some draft picks or something like that. Like it is Jordan pool at 130 million an attractive player to other teams, or is he D'Angelo Russell and Chris Porzingis stop, and stop, stop. all those scenarios where it's like <laughs> everyone likes him D'Angelo until he Russell. gets, until he gets paid like the man, you know what I mean? No. Not a bad cop. Yeah, well, see, that's what's frustrating <laughs> about Jordan Poole is he is so awesome. And like he's turned himself into a really, really good bench player who could start for 20 teams in the NBA. And it's a really cool story. So I feel bad being like, I don't know, I wouldn't want to give him 130, 140 million dollars because like I would want to give him 70 or 80. And it, so it's not really a shot at pool. And Andy also made a great point where like he can fit with other players really well. He's shown that he can play alongside Steph and be super dangerous. And, and that's yeah, a, a skill. true combo guard. Exactly. That's a skill in and of itself. Whereas like D'Angelo Russell, for instance, really pounding the ball and like dominating a lot of possessions, a lot more usage than is probably reasonable. And I think pool can exist within the larger warriors ecosystem, which distinguishes him from a lot of young guards who fit that prototype. And I think there would be a market for him, right? Like I, I, Oh yeah. It wouldn't be like a great market, but it's not a situation where the Warriors have to attach assets to like get off that deal. Like and, and we're still we're dice. still I mean we are like talking worst case. Like ideally if you're signing him, you're not signing him for with the intent to trade him. But no. like it does have to like at some point you have to consider those things when you're like that far over the tax and you know. I think that's why the Heat signed Tyler Hero. Well, they you could, yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't. Uh, who would you, from a non-Warriors fan perspective, who would you, who would not be, a, who would be the three out of the four? Who's not making the four? Clay, Draymond, Paul Wiggins. Ooh. In I mean, a year's, keep in mind, in a year's time. So we're talking, yeah. 
2023. They're on the team regardless. Everyone's yeah. a year older. Pool's 24. Clay's 33. Wiggins is 28. Draymond's 33. Yeah, I think that's, that's correct. I hate saying this, and the reason I paused for as long as I did is because I, I truly do hate saying this. But Draymond, man, like through most of the finals, looked so bad. And it it feels ominous when you start projecting like the next three or four years of his career. And the reason it's it sucks to say that out loud is because the other thing that was crazy about the finals is he looked that bad and looked like he was going to lose them the series. And then he came up huge when it mattered and was like just all over the place, smothering the Celtics, literally broke the Celtics mentally. This dream on a nutshell. <laughs> and so like that championship medal is very, very real, but I just don't think it can carry him that much further the next years. couple of years. And so if you have to choose, like you're not going to luck into a, a wing that's as valuable as Andrew Wiggins without giving up like, assets that the Warriors don't have. So keep Wiggins. Hey, Kuma, Kuma, is there's yeah, what I was going to, what I was going to throw in that the problem with that statement about Draymond is they don't have an internal solution um, to like just any sort of interior presence. Like obviously Draymond's yeah. on offensive presence, but he, he could still guard and kind of command the front court as well as most players in the league outside of like Giannis and Embiid. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, all right, so you just signed a bunch of guys who play the two and three, you know? So it's in some ways, while he's the obvious slip slippage candidate for all the same reason. I mean, he played poorly because his back was hurt, but why was his back hurt? Because he's undersized and old, right? Yeah, you know, he's so, done this for eight years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so, it, what about but Big like, Jim? Are you are you giving up on Big Jim to be that interior presence? I would bet on Kaminga being. That. I would be, I would bet on <laughs> Kaminga being the type of wing defender that Andrew Wiggins is, because I think that's more. Uh, you can replicate that easier versus praying that. James Wiseman can become the game-changing defender Draymond is. I would bet or just on like Kaminga. the brain of your defense. That's like the more that's the that's the thing that Draymond will always have that's like very hard to replace. It's like who's gonna be the guy who tells everyone where to go at all times, you know? Yeah. Well, that knee. was what was crazy against Boston. It's like you hit a point where he just knew everything that they were trying to do and was like two steps ahead of everyone else on the court. And you saw like Tatum just was in like the fetal position by the end of that series. <laughs> and it's a credit to how amazing that dude is when he's locked in. So, yeah, I mean, they would definitely miss Draymond and I don't think there's anyone out there who can replace him. So, uh, it, but I, I also don't know if he's going to be at that level. Regardless. Another reason, another reason Steph's game four probably deserves more accolades than it, it gets and it will over time, but it's like they, <laughs> They just needed him to just Superman one game so that they could figure it out. Because once that happened, I thought it was over. I mean, I watched that game again this weekend. NBA TV Good had man. it on. I, I watched the entire <laughs> Warriors-Celtics game. Could only stomach like five minutes of the Wizards-Warriors preseason <laughs> game that I recorded. Um, but watching that game four was just crazy because the Celtics were leading for most yes, of that were. game and they like all they really needed was to 
eke out a win there and be up 3-1. And I'm not sure the Warriors would have been able to respond in that spot. And it looked like they were going to do it. And Steph just kept burying jumpers that became progressively more demoralizing and eventually started to like silence the crowd after every shot he hit. And it's just like one of the craziest performances we've seen in the last 20 years. And it was cool to see him get that moment as he won that title. Cause he hadn't really had uh, uh, like an iconic game uh, at that level, uh, even despite winning all the titles. Up no. five, up five. Boston was with five minutes left at home yeah. in game four. I would feel, and it is kind of true because like all of his iconic, he's had iconic moments. Like, I mean, I can go through them, but it's like, none of them have been like, your team has no business winning this game. The Celtics should have won the series. (laughs) And Steph was just that good the entire time. And, and like the defense obviously caught up, but I remembered that game as the Warriors taking control, like, at the beginning of the third quarter and just coasting because Steph was that good. It's so much more impressive when you figure like the Celtics had control of the game for most of it. And Steph just like would not be denied yeah, out there. Cause five and six weren't close. Like things got, I don't know what happened with the Celtics mentally after game four or midway through game four, whatever it was, but five and six were like, yeah, this series should have been the Warriors in four kind of, kind of thing. Totally. And, and it, just, it wasn't, I mean, it was, it was a great series, obviously from, from, uh, from our side, by the way, on a team that it always felt like Clay was just not even Clay yet, and uh, Jordan Poole still is twenty two, and, and and Draymond is on one one back. Well, I guess you only have one back, so maybe one ligament in his back left, huh? And then uh, and is then Andrew Wiggins is vertebrae? your best. Andrew Wiggins is your best, you know, second most consistent guy. I mean, just a <laughs> ridiculous, just an absolutely ridiculous. Which I guess brings us to Sharp, um, your take uh, this season. Who is your who is your, are the Warriors the favorite? Um, the Warriors are probably not the favorite uh, in my eyes. Uh, who's who's I, although, the favorite? Well, first of all, Sam, are you recovered from the Celtics losing the finals that way? What do you mean? <laughs> You're Celtics, man. Oh, that is facts. That is fucking facts. That Down is the with the Brad facts. Stevens army. Yeah. Oh, it must have been I mean, hard. I will say I did enjoy the fact that those like I, I never had outright hate for the Celtics. Um, it was it was just it was just me being like Rob Lowe with the, the NFL hat. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> so, no, um, no, I'm good. He anyway, but, the, he doing the San Francisco Boston comparisons every other week. Oh, yeah, it's true. It's true. But anyway, <laughs> unbelievable. But I want to I want to get to this because because um, that is legitimately like. I, I don't know. It's maybe maybe it's watching Steph win the fourth title and just having like the blue and gold like running through the veins and just the, the Kool Aid coming back out and watching him in Japan and Big Jim's playing with a samurai sword and the the, the vibes are just immaculate. <laughs> Old blood, like, you know, it just feels like Cold feels blooded. like it feels like feels like 2016 all over again. 75 wins, let's go that type of thing. But like. I do feel like they should be seen as a favorite this year. And that's why I enjoy having you on because you, uh, you are not here watching, you know, the Lake of propaganda network the way we are. And I just right. want your, I want the outsider opinion of what you said. They're not the favorite. So walk me through who you think is. I know who is the warriors fall. Better into. not be the Clippers. 
see, I knew it was going to upset Andy. I think the Clippers have to be the favorite in the West. And I understand everybody out there who's sneering at all the Clippers picks. It's like the NBA media is unanimously picking the Clippers to win the West a year after Steph reestablished his dominance. Um, I can see why that would be frustrating. The Clippers... Also Everyone saw really Kawhi walking around looking like the Hulk, like the Hulk, and they're like, "Oh, they're, that's scary." Well, and I mean, Paul George, he had some moments when Kawhi went out where he wasn't like a complete flake in the playoffs. But I'm still not sure I trust Paul George in the playoffs. Uh, oh, this is a John Wall thing. I forgot about that. Well, the John Wall thing is definitely driving my Clippers support this year. It's kind of um, fair then. It's kind of fair. as far as Golden State is concerned, Steph. So I think he's actually a better MVP dark horse. Like there's a better chance Steph wins the MVP at 15 to one than the Warriors keep it all together long enough to actually win another title. Like I think Steph can go out and have an amazing year. Golden I'm going to be so mad if he wins the MVP. Um, I don't, Why is that? I do not want Steph Curry playing 75 games chasing an MVP. I, yeah. this is the reason I think the Warriors actually are in a good position is this is their deepest roster. Like they can actually sit Steph 20 games because Jordan Poole is significantly better than any backup good guard point. they've had. Like you don't need Steph to beat the Sacramento Kings. This can be a Jordan Poole game, you know, like, and I, I just, I, the injuries they had last year, I don't want to say they helped them, but like, if it, I, I if think it they saved, helped him, if it sure. saved, if it saved Steph 10 games of wear and tear, I don't know how to quantify it, but he looked very fresh in the finals to me. Yeah, no, I would have picked the Warriors to win it had I known that they were basically just keeping him out to give him rest the final couple of weeks of the season. And there weren't like grave concerns about him recovering. I, I was fearing it was going to be another 2016 situation where he comes back, but he's not totally healthy. And so, right. Um, I had my guard up for that, but yeah, I, I definitely think the rest helped. I think you just talked me out of the Curry MVP pick. I like him <laughs> as a dark horse, but uh, it's better for the Warriors if he doesn't like push for that. I, I need but, him to go full spurs is what I need. You know, I, I imagine they will. I just look at the roster this year, Dante DiVincenzo, not good um has never impressed me (laughs) like as a internet and you're not impressed wow exactly as a buck fan i spent years (laughs) being like can he be the wing that Giannis needs and the answer is he could not be that wing so it's gonna be a test of steph's power to we're not worried about that guys you know i mean look at wiggins (laughs) we're not worried about that For a a normal MVP like Giannis, that's tough. But like, you know, we we think Steph can actually bring it out of him. (laughs) I don't think Looney is going to stay healthy for a full year again. I think they lucked out on that front a year ago. Jamichael Green, not sure how much he's giving them. Um, Like they've got better names than like they, some of these guys will be in reality. And um but can't and, can't you apply that to the Clippers? Can't you be like like I mean, why is there this assumption that the Clippers, who are the oldest team in the NBA, maybe? I mean, they everyone in the rotation is over thirty, and except for Terrence, Man, except for Terrence Mann, who has to guard everyone because everyone else is just getting DNP rests. Mm. Um, I I do I, I guess my 
here's my counter. I do think the Clippers are by far the other best team in the West. And if there is a team I would pick to beat the Warriors would be the Clippers. So I'm not saying this with some sort of like, I don't think they're good. Um, you know, shade, like that's reserved for the Suns who are actually frauds. But um, <laughs> I look at the, the Clippers and I see a bunch of wings who are kind of power forwards. They're all 32. They're all 6'9". They all need to play Draymond's role. or Positionless. <laughs> I don't actually think any of them can guard Steph Curry or Jordan Poole. I don't actually think Kawhi, Paul George, um, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum. Luke Kennard? Like, God, that really is a poo-poo platter of fucking <laughs> just – that's not good. It's, it's they're not, not good. They're not, they're not bad, but it's like they all are – the only wing they have who's young and athletic who might actually harass a guard in the backcourt is Terrence Mann. And so I just wonder if they're not – like, people think they're positionless. They might just be a bunch of old guys who play really smart basketball. Yeah. Plus, plus no. Kawhi, who doesn't miss mid-range jump shots ever. So. Ka- Kawhi, <laughs> aesthetically, is like the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan. And yes. if he's healthy – I, he's just like a weapon of mass destruction. And I, I think yeah, there's no, there's no real bothering his like 15 foot shot. It's just going to make it on repeat. Exactly. He's like the perfect playoff superstar. Um, and I think that coupled with, I'm a big Terrence man guy and the sheer depth of possibly washed wings tells me that they're going to have, three or four of those guys. A couple of them useful. have to have legs. <laughs> yeah, like Robert Covington. I don't know. Oh, they boy. only need 20 good minutes. Norm That's Powell, he can fair. fill it up. Like, I, There's just a lot they're fair. bringing to the table on a nightly basis. Ty Lue is a great coach. and if- Ty Lue does scare me. He's, he's the only coach who's like He's out-coached Steve Kerr once. Who's he's shamelessly oh, yeah. done. What, like, I, I loved Ime Udoka just – not making a single adjustment on Steph Curry for the entire series because it's just like just daring him. It, I, I just, I just, I just wanted to see it once in my lifetime. A coach be like, we'll guard you straight up just to see what would happen, you know? And, and now I can be like, you know, I get it, Ty Lu. you know, he's going to destroy you. So you have to, uh- send three bodies and get the ball out of his hand. Poor Al Horford in that Steph game four. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, talk about having to recover. I hope he's doing okay. It must have been a, a tough four or five months for him. Um, and we opened the series being like, are we sure Al Horford isn't better than Draymond Green? Because he hit all those threes and they won game one. But man, oh man, a, a rude awakening. Thanks, Ime. <laughs> Oh boy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, the, the team that I thought you would actually bring up would be the uh, was the Milwaukee Bucks, which I would have bought. I, I would have bought the Milwaukee Bucks if you had said the Milwaukee Bucks. Speaking of old. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. But I, they I, have one guy you can argue. Like that, that's the one guy where I think you can make it. Cause, cause to me, Stefan Kawhi is not close. I'm taking Stefan that series. I don't think Kawhi makes it a game three in a series. I don't think Kawhi makes it through a round of a postseason. <laughs> but you can argue like the dude, the last time we saw Kawhi play, he was getting owned by Clay. Like I'm not, I'm not that worried about the clip. But if you were to say if there's one player that could be better, to be honest, in the series that also can't be uh, hard, I'm not gonna be say. honest. Yeah. Like you know, about say it could be honest. That's I'm just saying that's the one guy. Um and I think a lot of these times in this series, like we just saw uh, with Boston and Golden State, that Boston couldn't beat Golden State because they couldn't beat Steph. And I think you could argue Wiggins, I can see guarding Kawhi. I don't see how Wiggins can guard Giannis. And so I just think that's the argument um, versus, a, versus a team where the Clippers... Looney's from Milwaukee. He's going he's gonna to have this Bulls extra... Too. He's going to have Bulls this too. extra juju. I mean, yeah. playoff... Playoff Looney is a real thing. <laughs> it, it worries me how old the supporting cast is in Milwaukee. Yeah. That's why I'm reluctant to pick them. I mean, even Middleton has looked less athletic the last couple of years and had that injury last year, which is a little scary. Brooke Lopez Ooh. hasn't been the same guy. And how many, and, how many different foot injuries? And, yeah. And there's like back stuff. Like, And they brought in Joe Ingles, who if you're getting Joe Ingles from four years ago, that's an awesome pickup, but I don't I, bet on Joe Ingles to be like a really oof. solid six man now, or certainly not a starter. So I just, I wonder where the non Giannis offense is going to come from. It's going to have to be Middleton well, and hopefully he has that in him. 48 I, I, minutes of Giannis. Yeah. I just, I feel like they have to make a trade mid season because they're, it is really just like Giannis and a bunch of dudes who like feel like people I'd hang out with because they're age appropriate, which is <laughs> exactly. just not which is red just flag. Not, <laughs> not where you want to be in terms of competing for an NBA championship. Well, let me ask you this um, to put a different spin on it: if the Celtic, if the Celtics had lost to the Bucks in the second round, and and people have said like if Chris Middleton stays healthy, Milwaukee could have won the title. Um, if Chris Middleton stays healthy and the Bucks are in the finals against the Warriors, do you still take the Warriors in that series? It's interesting. I think I do because I've watched Bud do way too many weird defenses on the Warriors that always like in one of the games last year, Steph had seven points and the Warriors won by 20. Because he just <laughs> double, he like tripled him, and it was just kind of like, all right, other guys are going to go off. I don't think Steph gets his iconic moment if that series happens. Um, but but I I don't know. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the Warriors here, but I do think that they are probably better situated to make that a series because I just don't think Boston was good enough offensively. Like they're hyper athletic but it took the warriors way too many games to figure out no one knew how to use their left hand and once they figured that out i mean <laughs> it was it was over it's true though like they're they don't have a point guard they don't have like say what you want about like milwaukee but uh, like Giannis is a better ball handler than anyone 
anyone in oh, yeah. Boston. And then obviously Drew is also. Drew, so it's just yeah. like yeah. there was a point in game four when Bielitsa stripped Jalen Brown. Oh boy. It's pretty sobering. <laughs> it's sort of indicative of how I remember that whole series for the Celtics on offense. Yeah. Um Bielitsa was also locking up Luka Doncic, which was one of the my favorite moments of the <laughs> of the postseason. Yeah, we, we got the Eurobasket preview and <laughs> There you go. Absolutely. You're not a you're not a Denver. You're not worried about Denver. I mean, you're not a Denver um, uh, Grizzlies. Any of those guys? Definitely not the Suns. Let's be serious. Um, so I think the Pelicans are going to surprise some oh, people and God. could be very very good out there. But the Pelicans, wow. the Nuggets, uh, I don't trust their defense. So I don't look at them as real like championship level teams. I think they're going to be very successful in the regular season. And the Wolves, I would add to the mix, but I don't trust Cat. And I think that's going to make things complicated on defense and offense. And so um, I think their move. They're going to win be, a lot of games, though. Yeah, they'll I'm be a good on, regular season team. I'm in sure. on the Wolves being this year's um, Grizzlies. That's my that's my take. And I think um, the whole world is going to see just how like untrustworthy. Carl Anthony Towns is. <laughs> put it out. I'm trying to be polite about it. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. You guys are not cat guys. I are you a cat guy? I'm not. I'm not a cat. I don't. I don't not believe in cat. Andy. Andy loves anyone who can shoot and pass at the same time. He can pass. He can shoot. Look, he's a little dumb. He gets a little crazy, right? He's a little, little, little insane with the fouls and such. But I, I, I hedge on believing in in Carl Anthony Towns. Like my my thing with that team is. Is Stilo is 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 a is a joke. Great um, point. <laughs> yeah, like they, he's an at like Jordan. I, I just I just assume he's not there. Right. Well, look, Towns came into the league, and I was like, oh my god, this is Rasheed Wallace 2.0. He could beat yeah. you inside. He could beat you outside. He could guard. He's in fact been like Sam Perkins 2.0, where he's just like firing threes, flat footed, can't really guard anybody. The, and the quotes know. are the quotes are more worrisome. Like, why do you feel the need to tell everyone you're the greatest shooting big of all time? It's fair out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> when it's when it's obvious that you know, win a playoff game first, you know. I under, I, I, I mean, quite a few. Yeah, it's you know. Anyway, enough on. Enough on cat sharp. We appreciate you joining us. Um, you're up to some new things this day. So, so let's, uh, let's, let's hear about it. Indeed. If, if people want to hear more basketball takes like cat is the modern day, Sam Perkins, um, you can go to greatest of all talk.com and subscribe to my NBA podcast with Ben Golliver. And recently, I have entered the tech world, which I'm sure overlaps with like 90% of your audience. Uh, I, I think the New York Times once wrote about all the venture capitalists that are Warriors fans or something. Um, Correct. In any event, yes, I'm working with Ben Thompson over at Stratechery, and we're recording a podcast called Sharp Tech. If you go to my Twitter there's information on how to subscribe and how to listen to the public feed if you want to sample it. But essentially, I'm a, I'm a stand-in for the audience and we'll be asking Ben Thompson about all the tech issues of the day. And um, we've had a lot of fun so far. It, it turns into some pretty cool conversations. And I, in my eyes, he's the best tech analyst anywhere these days. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how how it evolves and what all this turns into. 
I have enjoyed it. And you are correct. The light years goons do trend um, heavily into the tech space for better or worse. That's Joe Lacob's dream. Although he's <laughs> trying to get them to not listen to us. Um, and yeah, you guys, you guys should check out Sharp Tech and Goat. They are two of my favorites. Andy, can you send me like a Salesforce vest as I begin this new chapter? Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, we didn't even get to ask you, you know, the Warriors ring night is about to be the most expensive regular season ticket of all time in the NBA. And it's, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just dubbing it right now. It's a Silicon Valley Met Gala. Oh it's boy. Just, it's just, just Patagonia, like quarter zips and like Cheryl all, Sandberg courtside. All birds, like you're not allowed in the lower bowl <laughs> if you're not wearing all birds. Like Andy, what else would what, what, what's well? What's funny is that what you can do because Salesforce has a literal because they're they're part investors at Chase Centers. They have a literal suite dedicated to them. So, as far as I'm concerned, Andrew Sharp is a customer <laughs> of Salesforce that can just walk right That's on right. in. You know? so, I probably shouldn't say that on the pod, but you know, there you go. There, there go, you Sean. go. Thank <laughs> Appreciate you. Take, you me, man. take me to the lair. I want to be rubbing elbows with Joe Lacob and the rest of the Illuminati out there. <laughs> where, where Jonathan Kuminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Patrick Baldwin, and Jordan Poole become the next generation <laughs> of the <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> you say you want to come here, but I guarantee you someone with a billion in a venture fund will come up to you and be like i heard you discount patrick baldwin on a podcast <laughs> Great. and that's where you're gonna have to walk it back that's where I you're gonna have to tap passion, in man i always <laughs> respect the passion from the light years community all right well we have to do this again like halfway through the season i i, I enjoy our regular check-ins absolutely appreciate you